the podcast. Message. What's going on, family? How you doing? And welcome back to the neighborhood. Happy Hood, the podcast. You already know this is where we connect, cultivate, and build a meaningful community. A meaningful community. Happy Hood. It's a state of mind we blessed up and highly favored. Family, how you doing? Oh, family, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? It's been a, a little minute, a little minute. I hope everyone has continued to uh, have that attitude of gratitude. Uh, if you haven't, definitely listen to the 21 episodes of Attitude of Gratitude. Inhale humility, exhale entitlement. Message. Yes, indeed. And um, even also check out the finish, what you start, um, season one and season two. So today, today we are kicking off a new season. Come on, somebody. We are kicking off a new season, season four, season four. Happy living. It's a state of mind. I'm going to say that again. Happy living. It's a state of mind. So this season, we're going to talk with individuals, some phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal individuals that I believe really encompass the mission, the values of happy hood, the mission and visions of and values of happy hood. You know, happy hood, we are a purpose driven lifestyle brand committed to the betterment of humanity. You know, we believe in three things. We believe in connecting with like minded individuals, cultivating purpose, passion and ideas. And lastly, we believe in building, building, building communities, relationship networks that are centered around health, honoring our mind, body, and spirit. Agape, demonstrating God's love to the world, power, continuous self-learning, and institute fostering a community-based economy. We're talking about happy living. It's a state of mind. So, um, Family, I am so excited. I'm so, so, so excited uh, to have our first guest on uh, to, again, to learn their, their experiences, to understand their passion and really how their passion has driven them to, um, to live a happy lifestyle, um, to have that state of mind, to have that state of mind. You know, one thing that I was thinking about um, before I introduced um, my guests, um, as I was just getting ready for... Uh, the podcast again. I'm just excited, you know. Even meditated and everything, and I just had had a moment. I had to had a moment, or I had to have a moment to really just thank God. And again, maybe it's Sunday. You know, I had a really good good breakfast, really good good sermon um, today, and um, I had to thank God because you know there's a verse in Psalms that said, "Those that delight in the Lord, He will show them the desires of their hearts." And when I tell you that happy family to do this and, you know, to allow this to be um, the fourth season that we were doing this and we continue to get better, we continue to get better progress over perfection. And I know that I'm in my purpose. I know I'm in my passion. Now, again, we can talk about purpose because I think at times purpose is it, it can be in the moment. It can be how things are used and it can be something that we continue to discover, but to really continue to go after those things. But first and foremost, to make sure that you remain in God, that you, you remain in 
in uh in some type of faith if you ask me not to to sound so preachy but to to remain in in his glory um because that allows you to understand the desires of your heart okay the desires of your heart so i just had to say that i guess you can meditate on that meditate on that meditate on it so Talking about happy living, it's a state of mind. This individual, um, I've been knowing them for a while. Um, yes, they are a Winston-Salem State University alum. Come on now. Yes, come on now. I can't help it that we keep on, I mean, we just got good people, you know? We just got good people. And, you know, I've been seeing this individual do a lot of things from, from afar um, in the community, um, you know, doing so much. I remember seeing them at YMCA. Um, and it, it was in a class, I believe it, you know, teaching uh, a class. So I always see them in the community, even her husband see, see um, both of them in the community, just doing a phenomenal job. And when I think about, you know, again, happy living, it's a state of mind. Those that really encompass health, agape power and institute. Um, this was the first person that came to mind. I'm gonna be honest with you. The first person came to mind. She is known as the around the way therapist in which I love that around the way therapist in which I I'm hoping to get more understanding about that. Um, but this individual, she is a licensed clinical mental health counselor right here in the queen city, Charlotte, North Carolina. She's the owner of true Pearl solution services. Uh, she received a bachelor of arts, uh, sociology and as well as her master. Uh, in rehabilitation counseling at, you already know, Winston-Salem State University. She truly has a passion about encouraging mental wellness. She just recently came out with uh, Around the Way Therapist Journey um, to Self-Care, which, again, we're going to give you all the information about where you can um, uh, get that uh, journal. I mean, everything in here from releasing negativity to uh, putting together a vision board, um, there's so much great information on here that can truly continue to help you to build your self-care. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to give a warm welcome, a warm happyhood welcome to Shaniqua Thomas. Back, I want to say back to the neighborhood, but I feel like she is already been in the neighborhood, but better known as Nikki here at Happy Hood, right here in the neighborhood. Nikki, how you doing? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing blessed. I'm 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 blessed. I'm blessed. I'm excited as I was discussing with her um before coming coming on live. Just really excited because again, you know, as as I was thinking about it, you know, when you are like I guess if you ever had to ask yourself, Am I really in my passion? Am I really, you know, living a, a purpose life? You you have this this type of peace, but it's a peace around like it's almost like an underlying excitement. You know, because this doesn't feel like work. This is what you love to do. You know what I'm saying? And it's almost you get those butterflies. It's almost like when you see the like the love of your life, you know, or are you still mm -hmm. have butterflies around, you know, your your significant other. That's the same way I feel like at times I, I feel when you're doing your work, right? Is you get get those first mm -hmm. those butterflies when we first met, you know what I'm saying? And it just feels so, so so good you know it feels so good so again welcome to the neighborhood welcome to the neighborhood I'm, I'm again i'm so glad you, you uh had a chance to to be here and 
really kick things off, kick things off. We talking about happy living. It's a state of mind. So yeah, I, I want to start here. Um, I want to get an understanding because again, you, you are a therapist, you're a counselor, um, doing so mm-hmm. much, um, in a community, as I said before, do you remember when I saw you at the uh, YMCA? Off of Stratford Road? I do. Oh, the do. Stratford Richardson uh, YMCA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Because I, I was I was uh, talking with a director, and um, I had saw you in, in class, and um, uh, I believe you, you may have been um, teaching or uh, some, some um, young kids. But again, in the community doing this, y'all, in the community doing this uh, day in and day, day out. But I, I guess I want, want to start with telling uh, the audience a little bit about your upbringing. Because I think that's so important okay. uh, just around understanding your experiences and how that kind of developed your passion around encouraging people uh, around mental health and wellness. My upbringing, it is, I would say it's uniquely complex, but I'm mm. so very thankful that um, God has allowed me to experience the experiences that I've had. Yeah. So my upbringing starts from um, New York City. So NY, okay. I was born in Queens, but then I was raised in my primary years in South Bronx. Um, and so I was raised actually as a person who um, was kind of like a first generation immigrant when you want to look at it. Oh, okay. And um, so I was raised around community. We had just a little bit, but we all shared. Yeah. Um, the culture that I was raised in is Dominican culture. Um, and then, of course, we had the mixture of everything else. Um, our Haitian, what we say, our Haitian family, our Trinidadian family, which was com- AKA community. So mm-hmm. that's who we considered to be family. It didn't necessarily have to be anybody that was blood related. It was yeah. the people who were going through the struggle with you. And the same people who you overcame the struggle with and you mm-hmm. pulled your resources together and you looked out for one another in spite of what the South Bronx looked like then. Yeah. When I was living in it, I didn't see what I see now by looking at documentaries as an adult, right? When you look at documentaries as an adult and you see um, the rubble, you see the cracks, you see the prostitution, you see the police brutality going on. And then you're like, wait a minute, I live in that? But that mm-hmm. goes to tell you how powerful God is, that he always has a hand on your life, no Come matter on, what, no matter if you're a child, if you're an adult. Message. And so I was able to actually see that now, in hindsight, yeah, that yeah. he had, um, that when he has a covering over you, it doesn't exempt you from going through trials and tribulations, right? Yeah. That's the misconception, uh-huh. that you feel that if God has his hand over you, you won't go through things. No, it doesn't exempt you from going through things. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that you start to realize now as an adult, like, hey, okay, now I see why my mother was so heavily involved with her spirituality with God. Mm-hmm. Now I see why X, Y, and Z, because without him, we wouldn't have made it through the cold nights when the furnace wasn't working. We didn't have no super, didn't know what we was going to eat, you know, yeah, things yeah, like that. Right. Yeah. Um, so when you see that in hindsight, you realize that who cannot say that there isn't a God mm. there is, mm. you know, no matter what you want to call him, the universe, whomever, but yeah. he was present in, in my life. And so, when I looked at that, and I also, you know, you grow up pretty fast when you grow up in in the city. It is what it is, right? 
Yeah. Um, so you learn to do a lot of things by yourself. You learn to you learn that your parents have to do whatever. I was fortunate enough when my mother wasn't a drug user, you know, but I was a latchkey kid because my mom was okay. going to school and then she yeah, was going to yeah. work. And so I was always either in the home by myself or with a neighbor mm-hmm. or with whomever we considered to be community or family, right? Yeah, so I yeah. um, had to grow up pretty fast. And all of the people that I interacted with was always, I was always the youngest. They were always my senior. They yeah. were always adults teenagers, teens. And so I was able to view life in different through different lenses, right? Mm, mm. And so that's what I mean by uniquely complex. So that can be whether it was me looking at people hustling, mm. <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 uh, they out here in the streets to with the older people looking at telenovela, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. But I was I seen it. You name it, I seen it, I was there. So um but that's but I was able to enjoy that. After a while, when my mother had conceived my sister, she decided to move to um, the DMV area. Okay. And so okay. then we moved to Virginia. So I was able to see that for a few years, about three years. I was able mm-hmm. to um, see how that felt and experience it from a different lens. Now there, in my experience in Richmond, it was always black and white as opposed to me coming from a very culturally diverse area, right? And so now I'm coming further. I'm coming south, but they don't consider themselves to be south, like, you know, middle colonies, whatever. And so (laughs) now I'm seeing that that black and white issue, right? I'm starting to see, oh, it's a clear distinction of, you know, either you this or you that. You can't have this because this person doesn't want you to have that type of thing. There's no... It wasn't vibrant of what I considered. And I still consider being in the South Bronx is vibrancy, no matter mm-hmm. what people say about the poverty level, right? Yeah, yeah. And then from there, we from there we matriculated to, um, well, we transitioned down to Charlotte. CLT. And then so oh, I finished wow. high school here in Charlotte, which was still a culture shock, you know, for me, mm-hmm. because it went from black and white but yet I went into an all black school in Richmond that was a culture shock then I went to a school in Charlotte and that school was like predominantly white so what's, it was like um, wait a minute what's going on yeah what, you know, so high I graduated school? so I graduated um I went to high school at John Marshall in Richmond and then I came and went to high school here at Garinger, the G, briefly, the G, then went the to G. Myers Park. Oh, Myers Park. Okay, then, okay. Then, yeah. <laughs> so Myers Park is where I um I finished school okay. at. So, so yeah. So I was, that's what I mean. But I was able to see the world from different, yeah, perspectives, different perspectives and interact with different people. And so, um, everything. The one thing I can say that I'm certain remained the same mm-hmm. was the fact that they're always going to be the have people who have and those who don't have. Right. Yeah, and yeah. So I've noticed that. So the point, the part that I wanted to play was that bridging the gap part, right. Between the people who have and don't have, just because you have doesn't mean that you'll never be in a situation where you won't have. And just because you don't have, doesn't mean that you'll never be in a situation where you do have, if that makes sense, right? Yeah, and so how yeah. do you tap into those resources around you? Who can you connect with, right? Um, in order for you to start getting into those spaces and places uh, where you can start generating some of these opportunities for yourself. Because if people aren't going to give it to you, then I'm going to create my door 
and I'm gonna create my window. Come and on, that's, man. that's that kind of stance that I had to take on because that's what I also learned from my primary upbringing. Yeah, yeah. Is that when you don't have that opportunity, you come to a land where you're looking for opportunity more than what you had where you came from, right? Yeah. But yeah. if it's not given to you, you have to make it. You have to create it for yourself. And then you have to model that because you're building a legacy behind you. Those people are going to be able to follow in your steps a blueprint, mm -hmm. right? So that way they can do the same for themselves. Wow. Come on now. Come on. You, you, um, you, you provided uh, a lot of just, again, just a, uh, a lot of context just around um, your up, upbringing, you know, from uh, South Bronx, seeing, um, you know, the good, the bad, and, and the indifferent, but definitely uh, understanding the, the sense of community there, you know, to where it was definitely each one teach one. You know, you, it felt felt like a bridge. Um, excuse me, it felt like a village. And then from there, just again, uh, as you have moved to, to Virginia and, and then Charlotte, I, I guess it's, it's now I'm starting to get the connection of the, 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 the term around the way therapist. Is that is, is that kind of tied to just how, you know, doing that, that those years, especially, you know, teen years where, I mean, you're, you're moving to different areas and you're going through all this transformation, not only, uh, mm -hmm. you know, physically, you know, but also mentally and, and, and emotionally just as a teen, just how, how much they, they have to uh, deal with. Is, is that kind of connected to uh, around the way therapist? It most definitely is connected to the around the way therapist. It's me basically having that stance to say that I'm, I don't fit in a box, a mm. circle, a bubble, you know? Mm -hmm. So I am around the way and around the way to me is just that, that community. I'm from your way, yeah. regardless <laughs> of whether or not, yeah. whether, I'm, whether or not, um, perceived as it, it's the truth right mm -hmm, in the matter mm -hmm. of it i may not have lived in your hood but i'm from around your way yeah, from your community yeah. from your your thought processes so at some point in time in my life i've been there i may not be one for all but i am for some right mm -hmm. and I, i'm okay with that so that around the way therapist definitely differentiates me between myself and others mm -hmm. you know so to let other people know who aren't as comfortable with sitting down and speaking with somebody or even interacting with an individual, sometimes people perceive those with higher education as very um, scary, right? Like yeah. they're intimidated by those individuals just because we have the paper or the degree behind our name. But it's not, not that I don't value the degree and the education. What I value most because it's me is the experiences because yeah, come on, from my man. upbringing it's always been about the experience and so with that being said that that's how that's how i came to be that around the way therapist i've heard it all the time from oh that's you know she's the around the way girl because <laughs> you know she's she from around the way you yeah, know yeah, she, yeah. Nothing, she ain't experienced blah 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 but then True. i turned that into something that is like that that's powerful i never took that as a insult you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was always a compliment that you know, you may not get along with one other person right here, but you can get along with this person because they understand you, where sure. you come from. They empathize. They show compassion because they are not that far removed or not even not being that far removed. They haven't forgotten what it felt like, what it feels like and what you need to do in order for you to come up, in order for you to go through, in order for you to overcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So true. So true. So 
Nikki, let's let's talk about the how this passion developed. You know, because I can only imagine um, growing up in South Bronx, and as I said, seeing the good, the bad, and indifferent. Um, seeing and understanding the spirituality side of you know the things that your mom did, your family did, and again, you know, going through those transformation at that age, right? Um, during during the age of of the teen years, where it, that definitely be challenging, you know, of just kind of taking all those things in and learning so much um, from older individuals. Like, where did you like develop or really start to discover this passion? Uh, around mental health and, and, and wellness? Well, truth be told, I've, uh, I've always heard that saying from my family members mm-hmm. and even friends. It's always like, you always trying to be somebody's mother. Or you, here you go, <laughs> mother, you know, you you trying to provide some type of guidance. And yeah, even though yeah. it was said in a joking manner, Nine times out of ten, that person still came back, whether it was to say, oh, I'm going to have this conversation with you. And, you know, they're sitting up here waiting for me to kind of interject or provide my spin on things, Mm -hmm. which most of the times, you know, I just listened and and said, "Mm, you know, well, didn't you do this last week? Uh, What you going to do this week? That's going to be different from that week. And if (laughs) you want to you want to create a plan, Mm -hmm. I was always one for a plan, whether the plan was something crazy like during our teenage years whether the plan was something real crazy i was always down for it like you want to create a plan all right you trying to roll up on on your boo okay (laughs) we can do that let's devise a plan how do we plan to execute this pull-up you know and so Uh, it was (laughs) so we always it was like that i mean but in all seriousness though mm -hmm. um i feel that some people are born with certain gifts yeah, you yeah, know, and yeah, gifts yeah. and talents. Yeah. And when those gifts and talents are nurtured the right way, mm. then people become they 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 start to operate in those gifts pretty early. Yeah. And so I know I had during, just by transitioning from different states and then being around different parts mm-hmm. of my family, right? And I'll yeah. say that some family that weren't as culturally diverse mm-hmm. versus family who who was. Um, yeah. And you start to see those who were closed-minded, open-minded, kind of aiming those who had that, I want to say that slave mentality where you only can operate in what people give you Come type on, of thing. Yeah, yeah. And so I was able to learn from then very once, um, excuse me, very early that some of the strengths that I had, um, people were intimidated by, or they would try to use that as a way to demean or belittle me, like, oh, you're aggressive. Oh, you're mm. bossy. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're controlling. Oh, my gosh, you need to take that back to New York. This is not how we do it here. Yeah. And you need to follow suit. It was more so, and I don't fault, fault them, right? Because yeah, they yeah. only operate with the tools that they was provided yeah, and all, yeah. with the information that they was given. So if they was misled and taught that they can only be what somebody tells them to be, then I understand why they would say those things because they're looking at you like, wait a minute, what are you coming? You're so young and you're coming uh-huh. here so vibrant and you have this personality that when you walk in a room, you know, it's just like, oh, okay, we feel that force. We don't know what it is. Yeah, no, we yeah, can't yeah. put a word to it. We can't even help you identify what it is. Uh-huh. But it's no good. This is something that I've learned that it will cause trouble type of thing, right? Whoa, And whoa. so. Okay. Oh, I, I didn't mean mm-hmm. to. Uh, 
<laughs> nah, because you hit you hit some things that uh, trigger um, a couple thoughts. Because um, I, I definitely want to take a moment to look to to somewhat uh, unwrap uh, as you were speaking, um, as far as whether, uh, as you was mentioned, hey, individuals thought I was a little bit too aggressive, or I, I was, you know, um, you know, as, as you mentioned, you know, too aggressive, or too cocky, or just, you know, I spoke my mind too too much, whatever the case may may, may be. And it had me think about a couple of things and, and knowing that you, uh, within your, your service, you focus on women, right? And one thing mm-hmm. that, um, one, having a daughter my, my, myself, right? And I remember uh, my wife had to kind of bring something to, to my attention um, of just around perceptions, right? And what, what I mean mm-hmm. by that is based on whatever your, your, your experiences are, you know, they somewhat, you, you, you are, from your experiences, you gather these perceptions around things, around life, around interactions or, uh, with culture or whatever the case may, may be. And many times, based on your limitations, individuals would try to pretty much uh, put their limitations on you as insecurities. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And when I'm thinking about like my, my daughter in which my daughter, um, she's the oldest, um, of our, of our two, uh, her and Lathan. And at times I remember saying like, Joy, you sound so bossy. You sound so bossy. But yet if seeing a, 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 a guy that would act in that way, we'll kind of, um, praise him as being a leader. You, you know, know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And it's just pretty much, and it had me think about, I was like, wow, okay. You know, what may be perceived as to me as being, uh, seeing her being bossy is like, well, maybe you never had a leader or very limited experience around women leaders that lead in that way. You know what I'm saying? Because I think exactly. a, a lot of things are what, what as you were speaking, it, it kept like the underlying thing is like your leadership style, right? So even as you have now come to this uh, moment where you, you're comfortable being being you, and you maybe you had that a long time ago, right? But I'm I'm curious to know, like, as you think about when people said those things to you, one, how did it make you feel? Did you have the confidence even at that time? Say, like, no, that's just the way. That's that's my leadership style, or did or did it take years to kind of understand like this is me? This is the, the around the way therapist, you know, and this is how I, I, I deliver my, my message. Right. Or this is how this is who, who I am and I don't need to change or fit in for nobody. You know what I'm saying? So I'm curious to know just again, when did you come to that realization or, or again, as people were saying that, A, how did it make you feel? And when did you come to a moment where, hey, this is me. I'm not changing for nobody. So. It did bring about to be all, you know, to be truthful in a vulnerable moment. Yes. You know, when you're um, a child, because even though whether you're an adolescent, a teen, a teenager, you're still a child at the end of the day. So you're looking for that community to nurture you. And then for me, I was always looking for that, that connection that I felt when I was in the South Bronx right? Mm. I was always yearning for that same connection 
versus what I received as I my mother moved right further yeah. down south. Yeah. And yeah. that's what lacked. So when you would hear those things, it did it it, it does something to your confidence, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. It's just like, wait, I never heard that when I was here. That was actually praise. Yeah. You know, yeah. but then you hear people say, oh, well, that's because you had to. That's a concrete jungle and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so they feed you with a whole bunch of stuff like, yeah, you had to be that way in that environment. Yeah. But now that you're here, you need to assimilate and this is how you need to act in order to fit in, mm-hmm. in order to have friends, in order to have a boyfriend, so forth, so so on. You know, I've heard it many yeah. a time. Yeah. And it has you, and it does have you second guess yourself. So I'm, and um, and so as an adult, that's when I started realizing that I'm gonna come to every space as me moving mm. forward. But in my teenage years, even when I was trying to maneuver through, I would say yeah, when I was maneuvering through Winston Salem State University, yeah. you know, my encounter with a professor, Dr. Thompson. I'll never forget her. And I was like, oh my God, she was a psychology um, professor. Uh-huh. And so I had many a conversations in her office. She actually had me come into her office. She wanted me to double major and then do psychology. But I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm trying to get out of Winston-Salem State University. I don't want nothing to add more time onto me. Uh-huh. But um, by just me speaking with her, that was that, I can say not probably that first time that I intentionally listened to someone who gave me permission to be myself, Whoa. who said, Whoa. I see you like I, I really see you, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. I see some things in me mm-hmm. that I see in you. And those things are these qualities, these leadership qualities. Yeah. This is why yeah. he had this is why she was actually recommending, hey, you have you thought about doing psychology as a minor or mm-hmm. doing, you know, this too? And you can do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But in high, once again, hindsight is pretty funny when you start mm-hmm. to think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter how long it takes you to get somewhere, Come you on, still man. end up on the path that God put somebody in your place to tell you to do a long time ago, no matter mm-hmm. how much you fight mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. If you really do intend on following that purpose and vision for your life, that purpose-driven work, yeah. then yeah. you will end up back on that path. So. To circle back around, yes, it did um, build insecurities. It did, it does build certain things where you try to fit in or you try to dim your light yeah, because you yeah, don't want other yeah. people to feel uncomfortable. You know, you want other people to feel comfortable around you. you you're you busy worried about other people's perception or did I deliver this too harshly when in fact, if you learn and even biblically, if you know, if you know that that's your brother or your sister, the information that they're giving you, mm-hmm. if you know that is without malicious intent, then you should understand where they're, they're coming yeah, from a place of from, love. Yeah, coming from a place of you love. You know? Yeah, and yeah. so when you know that that person is coming from a place of love without the intent to harm you, right? Then mm-hmm. then you it should be that understanding like, okay, I get where they're coming from. Not, hey, I'm going to just assimilate and we're going to all do what Nikki says. No, it's for us to have that understanding, whether we agree or disagree. And to also know that there was no mal intent behind it yeah but i had to learn that through life i had to do a lot of self-reflection a lot of Mm. trying to pump myself with positive affirmations which is why i'm I'm definitely like a movie geek and i love music and (laughs) hip-hop like me and my husband that's we always we aligned and clicked on movies and music yeah yeah. and then of course this purpose like what we envisioned for ourselves and then to see it 
almost 16 years later, it's like, Uh wow, Mm -hmm. you know, you stick to that plan. But it's the truth. You know, you start to see that hurt people hurt people. People tell you things that that they they that they feel is the right thing because somebody told them, Mm -hmm. you know, so and that's that's the unfortunate thing. So it did take me some time and it started by that conversation of somebody being intentional about pouring into me in a in a safe space, like in yeah. an, this invitation to her office to really say, hey, you know, you're doing this, this in the class, you're good. Let yeah. me get to, let me ask you some questions real quick. And then, hey, look, she had her own um, practice, but yeah, she had yeah. stopped practicing for a minute in order to teach at our institution. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so that's what she was sharing at that time. And it took that intentionality to start pouring and watering some of those seeds that I say mm. that was planted from my yeah. primary years. My, yeah. Those yeah. seeds were planted regardless yeah. of where my upbringing was at. It got planted from the people around me, mm-hmm. from the individuals who who praised that type of um, character trait, right? Yeah. Because it was yeah. more so like if one person in our community can make it, we know for sure that person is going to make sure we all make it. Yeah. And that was the mindset. It was just like, which one? Was it going to spark up? Was it going to sprout up out of for us to all be able to elevate from our circumstances? And so it kind of got mud. It kind of got like muffled, muddy Mm. and everything else as throughout (laughs) our moving around. Uh But I got out of that mud. Right. Start being intentional about my thought processes and saying, hey, you know, this isn't valid. This isn't correct. You know, how can one person have similar character traits as what we see as leaders, which were predominantly I'm in Charlotte, men at the mm-hmm, time when mm-hmm, I lived there, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Men doing the work, men yeah, doing this, yeah. and men being praised for yeah. all the things that they were doing. Yeah. And then you have similar leadership traits, but you're not praised for that. Yeah. It's like, mm, you need to fall back because yeah, you yeah. being a little too, too too pushy or you're not yeah. following suit. You're bossy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, come exactly. on. Exactly. So I had to teach that to my daughter too. So mm-hmm. I have a a thirteen year old mm-hmm. and she has <laughs> it was so funny, it's like she has her own so she has DNA and her character traits is a mixture of everybody. So she's <laughs> now living kind of fun. it's so funny because she's kinda living how I lived in a yeah, way without yeah. living in the poverty neighborhood and stuff mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. But she She's the youngest in the family. Mm-hmm. Everybody is older than her. Like the yeah. closest person to her age is in college. Oh. And it was the same for me, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. she's able to live certain experiences, but now she has parents who have gone through and continue to grow and evolve. So she yeah. has the evolved Nikki, right? She has the evolved Sean <laughs> type of thing that she yeah. is learning from. So you multiply that by 10. Now you have a youngster here who is, outspoken, knows about community, knows about what's right and wrong, knows about, hey, you can't marginalize me. That's, yeah, yeah. that's a systemic way of discrimination type of thing. And so now she has these different things that comes about. But pe- and the funny thing about it is that some habits don't change. You yeah. still have certain people and spaces and places that will still try to bestow those negative thoughts and plant those seeds in our children. And so that does double the work. And I felt like I was built. I'm not new to this. I was built for this. 
So God gave me this child as a blessing and gave us to be her parents so that way we can guide her. Come on now. Come on. Hey, you over here preaching. You over here preaching. Hey, happy family. We, so, we are, yeah. we are uh, again, we're talking about happy living. It's a state of mind here on Happy Heather Podcast. Uh, we have, I guess, uh, Miss Shaniqua Thomas, better known as Nikki, around the way therapist. And um, you, you, you definitely hit on a couple of things that, uh, again, I wanted to get your your perspective on. But just to kind of, again, unravel, I'm, I'm curious to, to know, as a parent now, and as you mentioned, your your child kind of being this uh, evolved Nikki, right? Um, as you, again, parent her and in this environment where, and, and again, I'm try, trying to formulate this thought, so just kind of bear bear with me. Um, mm-hmm. as, as you parent her and raise her, right? As a parent, especially, in, and I'm saying, this generation that has been that's coming up now, right? Where whether it's so mm-hmm. tech tech heavy, whether it's you know the how I'm gonna put this the the emotional uh, ups and down, right? Of 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 just kind of handling all the emotions that they feel, right? Even as an eight year old mm-hmm. that you know uh, this this you know about being liked and 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 wanted to be liked and. And so much things are measured around the likeness, right? And, and oh, yeah. you know, yeah. so, so like, I'm, I'm curious to know, like, again, as you see your daughter grow, grow up in this environment or this, you know, uh, culture that, 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 that we're in now and, and seeing how you grew up in a community, things was, was such a, a community focus. Like, I'm, I'm curious to know, how do you or how do you continue to allow your daughter to be intentional? about a thing she wants to do without projecting your own aspirations on them. You know, um, as, 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 as as you have given them, you know, uh, this opportunity where like, and I tell my kids like, baby girl, we, we wasn't living like this. You know, we, we wasn't living like this. Um, you know, where we can do this, we can do this, we can provide that and we can provide this, you know what I'm saying? And I, I, at times, um, I'm 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 quick to think like do I do do I need to let them know how hard it is just so they can have appreciation, you know, or, or mm-hmm. do, do I need to make sure that I continue to have some guardrails up, you know, as well as not just project my aspiration on them and say, hey, you need to do this and do that, you know, and giving them room to grow, giving them room to 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 live life, right? Which I think as you as I'm hearing your story. It seems at a young age you had a you had room to grow and learn, you know what I'm saying, uh, and really figure things out, which is nothing wrong with that, right? And which I think at times mm-hmm. we like as as kids feel like at times I feel lonely, where we want to continue like just quickly get um, uh, surround them with like hey we care for you and everything like that, but yet we don't give them moments to figure it out, you know like that's just the dark part right now. I promise it's going to get better. Because as the, those lonely moments, as you quote unquote, you feel lonely, you're getting to know yourself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think we may confuse that as you lonely. You know what I'm saying? No, I think you're just getting to know yourself. You know what I'm saying? So I'm curious to know just from your perspective, again, having a child, and as you mentioned, evolved Nikki and allowing your child to be intentional, but yet without projecting your aspirations on them, you know, 
Like, I just again, just the ups and downs of just raising a child in this culture that we're in now. I'm, I'm curious to understand your, your thoughts around that. Ooh, it's, um, it's challenging to raise a child <laughs> in this culture. And, you know, I'm not even going to say it. I've filed up many of times. Yeah, know, yeah, trying to, yeah. Trying to, um, different, like, distinguish between. Am I projecting, <laughs> you know, yeah, am yeah. I like foreseeing to, and projecting could be what we envision for our children, but not necessarily what they envision for themselves. Yeah, but we still have a level on, of influence on our children mm-hmm. that that's still confusing to them. Right. So what yeah, we envision, yeah. we tend to voice that to them. And then that's instilling certain perspectives in them. And we talked about that early on. Like, what's the perceived notions that people have told you about yeah. leadership, right? Mm-hmm, for women, mm-hmm, they, t- they you perceive as being aggressive. Yeah. So think about it on the hot, on flip side with mm-hmm. the kids, right? We're telling them, hey, no, you'll have time for this. Yeah. You'll do this. No, do that. I'm going to give you this. No, I'm putting you here. I'm putting you there. <laughs> and sometimes we can get caught up in just trying to overcompensate for the yeah. things that we did not have mm-hmm. when we were younger mm-hmm. that our children just get swallowed up by all of that stuff. Yeah. So then yeah. it it to me in my experience, I feel like that contributes to my daughter's need at times to always feel included in something. Like she yeah. always wants to be involved no involved in things. So when the pandemic happened, it was like, oh my gosh. I'm never going to go outside, but yo, nobody said you can't go outside. Like go yeah, in the front, yeah, yeah. you know, but <laughs> all I'm saying, I need to be, I need to be going somewhere. I need to do something. Yeah. And so I had to step back. I was like, wait a minute, hold up. Wait, yeah. wait, you don't have to always have to do something with people. Yeah. You can tap into the things that you like to do. You can start tapping into your purpose. You can hone your craft. You yeah, can go come on, and man. work on your nail business. Like mm-hmm. pay focus on those things. So I became intentional about connecting um, our daughter to cert- like different little groups. Yeah, right. Yeah, because yeah. always we're trying to be the ones to provide that guidance for our children. But I feel like I'm so immersed in community in general that I'm like who in my community of people (laughs) can my child do I trust first and foremost right because I gotta trust your message (laughs) that you're not gonna just be in that plant and all types of foolishness within my child and they already have that in the world as it is right come on come on and so Jania Massey yeah our adult sister she graduated from Winston-Salem State too and she Uh has the Little Boss University Mm -hmm. and so with Stiletto Buff University, Aviana has been with me to Jania's Stiletto Boss uh-huh. for adult women before. Yeah, and once again, yeah. you know, she's tag- my tag along. And so when Jania did Stiletto Boss for the teenage girls in high school, I also had Aviana around me. Yeah. And so she would say to Jania, hey, you know, when are you going to have it for kids my age? When uh-huh. are you going to have it for kids my age? So when she actually started the program and did a curriculum for kids, that were younger, that was her age, then she joined it. And when she joined it, it was something that intrigued her. Uh The thing that she loved the most about it is the fact that she loves entrepreneurship. She loves Mm -hmm. the fact that she gets Mm -hmm. to make money, do something that she wants to do. And so while she was there, she was learning about entrepreneurship. She was learning about also like professional versus business, marketing, a whole slew Mm -hmm. of things. But the good thing about it, too, is that she was also seeing it come from people who look like her. 
Come on now. Empowering other young girls. Yeah. And so yeah. she's seen that it wasn't just her mom mm-hmm. saying these things. She can see it come from other people like Charlie and a whole and um Crystal, who's mm-hmm. a Crystal from um Winston. She's a lawyer. And Crystal talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. the law aspect and mm-hmm. Brandy and a bunch of other black women come to the forefront and take this piece of ownership and their way of giving back to these young women. And so I wanted to connect her to those things, even when it comes down to certain things where kids get to go to little groups and they express themselves or learn about communication. I try to connect her to those other things now because I see that as she's in teenage mindset. Yeah. You know, they that's that that's that sense of your friends start to have a little bit more influence just like your parents. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, so your parents mm-hmm, are having mm-hmm. influence while you at home. But your friends you around or you hear from them via social media, the cell phone, whatever, they have influence too based on what's going on in their household. So once again, remember, hurt people hurt people and they don't know that they're subconsciously doing that. So the friends may want parents like you, but they don't know how to say that to you. So instead, they're like, oh, my mom lets me do whatever she, whatever I want. But in actuality, you do whatever you want because your mom's not around. Or either your mom is no immersed in her yeah. issues that is like I don't have time for the kids right yeah, yeah. so those kids turn that message around and they communicate with one another and then it becomes now your child feels like they missing out or your child feels like they have too much guidance or guardrails around them and they like just no you need to move I need to learn I need to live life and that's not the reality yeah. so that's just my challenge in this phase with her as a teenager Helping her to see that, hey, we got to know how to differentiate between the two. You know, is your friend telling you this out of love? Is your Mm -hmm. friend telling you this Mm -hmm. and they're being real? Mm -hmm. Or, and they telling you everything that's going on in their house? Or they just giving you bits and pieces because they see something that some kids envy or want. And that's okay. Because at that age, like we said, we come from different households and you're younger. You do look at somebody's situation not knowing everything and say, oh, man, I wish I had J's every time they yeah, dropped, too. Yeah. Oh, man, I wish I had money. Oh, I wish I was going out with friends or to the skating rink all the time. My mama don't let me do nothing. But then when you're older, you like, dang, I'm glad my mother yeah, didn't true let indeed. me go there, there, and there. True indeed. You know, because I would have been in certain situations and circumstances that mm-hmm. I would regret now. Yeah. So, so true. So true. So true. Um, Happy Hood, the podcast. We talking about happy living. It's a state of mind. We got our home girl, (laughs) the around the way therapist, Nikki, uh, with us. Um, Wow. You you just hit you you hit a couple of things. um, And I want to talk about the business before before I do that. Like you, you, you said hurt people, hurt people, hurt people, hurt other people, you know, and and even not knowing that you're hurting them, you know, and the example that mm-hmm. you had as far as like, hey, my mom let me stay up all night. Well, your mom is not not there, right? And it could be for a number of reasons, right? And mm-hmm. you know, it, it may be again, your mom is not intentionally doing it, but your mom is working and you may just be going through some things where you know your mom said, Hey, you need to go to bed this time, be like, No, I'm just gonna stay up and you know, and there there may be uh uh, less rules um, that are enforced in, in the household uh, that you in. Mm-hmm. And it's 
and I think, I don't think, but just this, this thought that came in my mind is like these unintentional hurts. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think even you think about the pandemic where I am so, and, and hear me out on this happy family, that while, yes, it has been a such a tumultuous time, you know, of the many people that have uh, passed um, from um, this uh, uh, virus. And again, I can't help but to, to look at it, you know, with everything, there's a, a purpose, I believe. And and there's somewhat of, of something that God is, is teaching us and is, is showing us, right? And one of the things that really stood out to me at, at this time where everything was shut down, you know, and, and things were like, was so, you know, quarantine, you know, while others may still have been, you know, doing their things, but for the most part, it's been somewhat of a shutdown of a, a, a shutdown of, of, of an environment, um, here in, in the States. And I think about the blessing of that is like this time where we, we can just sit down, sit down and really shut up and pause and and listen and, and reevaluate. There's so much that I have really learned during this time around myself, around just, you know, having this time to grow with my wife or my kids, you know, to understand myself at this time. And you have mentioned again, going back to that hurt people, hurt other people. And, and I think at times like, it may be easy for me to address or to acknowledge, hey, I was hurt. You know, my mom and dad did this to me or an uncle or an aunt did this to me, you know, um, or this uh, situation occurred. It was a direct hurt. But these hurts were mm-hmm. it was unintentional. And I may not even know that I'm still exhibiting this this hurt. You know what I'm saying? Because this hurt can now turn into some type of. I don't know. It's, it's almost like a pleasure or something that I have now become numb to, you know? And mm-hmm. again, we're talking about happy living. It's a state of mind, health, agape power Institute. You know, when I think about uh, just looking at it from the lens of happyhood vision, and I'm, I'm curious to know from your perspective, and again, going to like, I guess maybe a how to from this pandemic, what can people do? Or how do people handle hurt, manage hurts, especially hurts that are un, are, are un, unintentional hurts, you know, that I don't even know that I was hurting, you know what I'm saying? Or I, I didn't know that it was something that was causing me to do this or this was the root cause of that, you know what I'm saying? So I guess to, to your point, like, or not to your point, but to my point, especially during this pandemic, I have been able to address my hurts you know what i'm saying because i don't have all these other distractions you know this was the first time that i actually went to therapy during the pandemic you know and i found that to be so uh it's it so it shows so much uh it allowed me to see so much during, during that time but one thing that again that you said that i keep going back to those thoughts of just unintentional hurts you know, mm-hmm. and how do we, how do we manage those types of hurts? Hurts, I will always say, acknowledge them, right? Yeah. You had time to sit and reflect. Yeah, yeah. Truth be told, how, how often, prior to this pandemic, right, prior to 
the requirements to stay home and the curfews. Yeah. When yeah. did any one of us have time to actually be present in the moment, right? Mm, and I'm not talking mm. about those of us who got that came to that realization that yeah. at a, before the pandemic, like, oh, I need to pause, I need yeah. to focus on self care because yeah. that's something that um, I'm passionate about. You know, telling yeah. people focus on self care, slow down. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, when have we had the time to really implement? our actions right and say hey i want to go ahead and move forward with my plan of just getting into me being present with me Mm. realizing certain things that i might not like about me some habits that i've been doing that i've tied back to yeah hey dad i do that often because yeah now i notice that i'm I'm doing that because of this. Mm-hmm. So I'm basically trying to continue to heal myself through this action, but yeah. I haven't really addressed the issue at hand. Yeah. I haven't really communicated that issue at hand. And it's not with that, you know, saying, oh, I, I need to confront individuals. Sometimes it's about you sitting down with yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. And not even, and, and accepting the fact that an individual may not even be here for you to co- confront, mm-hmm. right? But you're present here. So what do you want to identify? How has it impacted you? And then me, it's about tapping into your faith. Like, yeah, yeah, how yeah. can I move forward? And what type of guidance? can I be given from God to move forward from this hurt? Mm -hmm. So that way I won't continue to like unintentionally hurt other people through my actions. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so those are some of the things that I would say. And then like you um, stated before, you know, normalizing therapy, therapy doesn't always have to be a reactive type of resource that we tap into in our community. Mm -hmm. Therapy can be just like when you're going to see a primary care physician for a checkup or you running there talking about have a cold, and you want some resources or some home remedies, right? Mm-hmm. In order for you to address and handle that cold, think about it like that for therapy. Like, yeah. hey, I got a little cold right now. And so I want to sit down so we could talk about some at-home remedies or yeah, yeah. deal with this right here in this moment. Or let me get that guidance or have that unbiased opinion from someone, right? That Or a safe space just to be able to talk and vent because some people are the go-to and so they feel like they don't have anybody that they can turn and go to. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of different things, but like you uh, mentioned to come back around to that in order to deal with those unintentional hurts, we have to first stop and acknowledge it. Yeah. And sometimes that could be difficult and uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. acknowledge that place of hurt, acknowledge where that came from yeah. and then process that. And it's okay to be hurt. It's okay yeah, to yeah, feel that yeah, no matter yeah, how long ago yeah, it was. If yeah. you never acknowledged it then, yeah. you're acknowledging it now. So that's like it just happened. Yeah. So true. So so true. Um so true. I um I'm curious to get your thoughts. <laughs> and this is this is good. This is good. Because you, you hit something in there around faith. And you know, for those that know, hey, I'm a PK, I'm a preacher's kid. And when you think about, you know, the Christian faith. And the, the culture of Christianity, uh, especially, um, you know, the church, you know, the black church. Right. You know, to where mm-hmm. when you think about going, going back to your thought around normalizing therapy. And that's one thing I have learned through this pandemic, to your point of having these mental check ins. You know, like really 
having moments where the same way you go to get your car checked up uh, or, you know, you go through uh, to your point, go to the doctor for checkups and everything. Having these mental check ins or checkups so you can make sure that your mental is good, that you can make sure that your mental is good. And when I think about it, especially growing up in a Christian church, you know, or not Christian, well, uh, holiness or however you want to call it, Baptist, where the discussion around therapy was like, let's just pray for it. You know, let's just lay hands, put some of this oil and let's just pray away, pray it away, you know. And I'm curious from from your perspective of of it seemed definitely growing up in in church or having a strong faith. What has been your thoughts around marrying marrying those two ideas together or combining those thoughts together around? Hey, even if you see it as, you know, praying it, praying the, the that thing, you also need some practical steps to help you along the way. Like you hit the nail right on the head. Yeah. Um, practical steps. And it can be um, merged together. Like yeah. your faith is your your belief, your practice, your relationship. Hello, yeah. not let's separate that from the religious practices. Yeah. It's yeah. your relationship, yeah. 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 it's your Come spirituality, and that's a feeling and an mm-hmm. action, right? That's something that you continue to practice. Yeah. Um. So, if that's what true faith is, that's how I define it, right? If that's yeah. what that is, then how? come you can't go to therapy and also receive those tools right mm-hmm. if we're all going to be real about it each and every person back to what i said about operating within their talent gifts and purpose right mm-hmm. and their skill sets these people were giving these talents gifts and skills yeah so why so my question then would be right and that's the question that i usually tend to have is like why not yeah if that person was given and bestowed that skill that 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 talent and that gift, if that is their purpose-driven work, then why not? Yeah. If you want to tie it into something that's faith-oriented, because mm-hmm, faith mm-hmm. tells you that God gives us these skills and talents and yeah, gifts. Yeah. So how can you separate the two just to make it a convenience for you at that moment? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen that. See, I've seen the that also um, where people would say, hey, we're going to, pray, we're going to put oils and we're going to practice certain religious practices, but then there's no intentionality around what can we do to help this person? What are some steps? What are some resources can we connect them to? You know, beyond the, hey, continue to pray. Yes, I'm going to continue to pray, but also you have to have prayer with work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Come on. Happy Hill, the podcast. We're talking with Nikki, around the way therapist. Um, let's let's talk about your um, your uh, counseling um, business, um, True Pearl Solution. Why why the name True True Pearl Solution? True Pearl are both my grandmothers. Mm. So True is my maternal grandmother, and Pearl is my paternal great grandmother. Wow. Okay. Well, my yeah. So um, that's the two, right? So mm-hmm. I had the privilege of being in both women's presence. Yeah. And so they all, they both exuded different character traits that I feel that was left, that was their legacy that they left behind with yeah. with me, by uh-huh. me interacting with them, right? Yeah, And yeah. so True was definitely resilient up until she passed away. Mm-hmm. Very resilient. She always, 
had that that the sight and the vision, the discernment, right? And that's what she had. And then Pearl, she was just very outspoken. She told you what it was, whether you liked it or you didn't like it. Uh, and uh, and she was always resourceful. So she yeah. was resourceful. She was cautious. She was alert. She was woke before there was ever a woke, <laughs> if you ask me. Um, and so... And so I tied all of those in. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I had one that I would visit in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. So when I say my family with mm-hmm. is is very well across the states and even out of the country type of thing. It really is. And so Pearl was in Detroit and True was in Jamaica, Queens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's who I in, um, interacted with and yeah, engaged yeah. with. And I can remember even watching them go through the time where they passed away it was just like they still exuded strength even then even when they became dependent for other people to care for them they always had that strength right Mm -hmm. and i didn't see them curse anybody out because of their circumstances they still was giving of themselves to people they still was pouring into individuals um even through their rough moments so i wanted to pay homage to that and that was my way of paying homage to them um yeah that's dope right there that's dope true pearl solution services in which you you deal with everything from therapy to group therapy um even also some interaction that you do with with teens like talk to us a little bit about what you do uh with with teens well when you see me at the ymca that was through west boulevard neighborhood coalition and so um, that's, I serve on the board of West Boulevard Neighborhood Coalition. Right. Um, and so they have a Seeds for Change initiative, mm-hmm. um, which has youth on the farm. And so the youth are learning how to grow and sow seeds Whoa, and take care on, of yes, yes. Um, vegetables and fruits and things like that. But then they're also sowing seeds in their own lives, you know. So Jania has worked on a project with the Seeds for Change youth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the youth have, um, I've connected them with Tiffany, um, so that way she could come out and hold a couple of mental health sessions with them. Yeah, yeah. Which we did last year. Um, and everybody was in their own tent focusing on specific topics. But then yeah. also it was really to check in with the youth because that's when everything was just they at home, but then yeah, they kept yeah. seeing so 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 much police brutality yeah, so, so, um yeah. perpetuated on our culture. And so mm-hmm. when you think about that, it's like you're reliving trauma. Not let's not even think about the trauma that some may be experiencing in their own communities or in homes, but then they're seeing it on TV, just just replayed, replayed, moment after moment, moment after moment, and on social media. So when would they mm-hmm. ever have a relief from that? And so that was basically to provide them with that relief too, and give them that resource and connect them to another person out in the community, um, because. Tiffany Adam Scott. She went to Winston Salem State too. She's okay. a PA, so she mm. operates within psychiatry. Uh-huh. And so that was that was that whole notion. Remember, I said I like to connect and connect yeah, yeah. individuals to different resources too, yeah. where I'm okay with. I don't I don't need to take on everything. That's what self care is about. I'm, I'm a, if I can be that connecting per- person, yeah, come on I'm gonna now. try my best to connect you with that resource. Um, but I'm not going to take on something that I know I might not be able to consistently provide yeah, because yeah. that's the thing that I've noticed 
throughout my upbringing is the inconsistencies in people who say they want to help. Yeah. You know, give give the person what they need up front, but don't make promises to say that you're going to forever be consistent and frequent in their life if that's not what you're going to be. So mm. be authentic in what you come to share and provide. And it will go to the people that really need it. And the ones who don't want to utilize it at that time, that's okay. But they can never say they didn't receive that information, compassion, or care for somebody. Yeah. And so it was all about that that spreading that love and letting other kids know, people that look like us know that it's more to life than, and I'm going to throw this in here, you might chuckle, than exercising. It's <laughs> more to life than... <laughs> than dieting and it's more to life yeah. than just working and paying bills yeah you just so gotta find, find what that is for you mm-hmm. find time what that is to you happy family happy family happy other podcast um around the way therapist journey to self-care by miss shaniqua thomas talk to us about like what was the thought process of getting this project um, and, and, you know, doing a project like this and what do you hope people can learn from this book? So my purpose for that journal was specifically to give people a little piece of guidance, um, from, from me, right. Mm-hmm. From my perspective, like, what do I want to leave behind? What's my purpose driven work? It doesn't yeah, have to encompass yeah, yeah. everything that I've done. So some things probably mm. can't be captured in a book, right? Yeah, it has yeah, to be through interactions and if our paths cross, and mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Yeah. But this was laid on my heart, like, okay, yes, a lot of people are creating books, journals, doing self-publishing, and I give kudos to everybody. I love to see it. I love yeah, to see yeah. when people are able yeah. to do other things, right, true, and manifest true. their vision. And so while I was doing that, I really was like, hey, you know, God, help me be able to put certain things on paper or how do I need to do it? Do I, first I thought it was like, Hey, do I do it through my pillow talking PJ series? Mm-hmm. Um, but then pan- the pandemic happened yeah. and I understand when a lot of people aren't comfortable with coming together, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. fine. Um, so I was like, what else, how else can I provide um, a resource and a resource that can be used over and over again? And that's when it was like, create a journal. And it's not like the average journal where, we see it in Target or Walmart or buy it from Amazon or Barnes and Nobles where it's real thick because I love journals. I have a whole yeah. bunch of journals, some with yeah, yeah. Um, scriptures on the front, some with affirmations. Mm-hmm, but this mm-hmm. is more so, that's why I said it was like a guide yeah. or a workbook type of thing because it's providing you with that education piece that, like yeah. you said, the context about, hey, this is what this is. Mm-hmm. But then it's also giving you that reassurance through yeah. the words that says give yourself grace it's okay mm, if you mm, haven't gotten to this mm. point in your life and first and foremost whoever put an age on when do i accomplish the things that i want to accomplish in life if you're still living this should be done throughout that process right and so and that's what i wanted to make sure was shown within that book and within the um self-care journey and that's why i said journey i was intentional about putting the journey to self-care mm, because mm. that can be something that is done on a continual basis. Continuous basis. Every, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Because you change and you evolve. You might not be the same Jonathan you are today than you are six months from now. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. then you'll be able, this is going to still be relevant because you'll be able to tap back in 
to the journey of self-care and say, oh, well, let me see it. And you might look at certain things that's on the pages and think a whole nother different way. And you're able to see that and reflect on that and see your answers from six months ago and compare them to your answers at that present moment a whole six months later, a year later, and see the growth or see other areas where you want to improve. But this is a way for you to really see that and capture that. And the purpose of those affirmations is to reinforce that positive self-talk and really to minimize all the negativity that we see, the things that we unintentionally digest, the things that we hold on to without even knowing until it's something that we want to do for ourselves. Like I was talking to my sister about it. And we were talking about business and following through with your following through Come with on, your man. business yes. practices, right? Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. when you want to create a business, it's Come good on. to have a thought. Message. It's good to talk about it with people. Yeah, yeah. But where's your plan of action and Come where's on. your plan to execute and how yes. do you plan to hold yourself accountable? Yes. You have to follow through. But what we identified is that self-talk that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Imposter syndrome. That's powerful. When you start to be fearful where you're even sabotaging yourself and your own thoughts by uh-huh. like saying, well, I don't know if I really can yeah. do this. So when it's time Stars to execute, yeah. you go ahead and take 10 steps. You take 10 steps back because you're mm-hmm. fearful mm-hmm. of what other people may perceive, right. Or how Come other on. people may take to your, your yeah. business idea. Yeah. yeah. But if it's purpose driven, it doesn't matter what other people think of your business idea because mm-hmm. it's purpose driven. Yeah. It's yeah. your purpose. It's your purpose. And who it needs to come on. be for is going to be for. Come on. Come on. Happy family. Shaniqua Thomas. Oh, around the way therapist, journey to self care, better known as Nikki here in the neighborhood. Hey, I want to, um, I want to thank you for, uh, being with us today. Uh, happy other podcast, happy living. It's a state of mind. Um, where can people um, get in contact with you? Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You can get in contact with me via social media, um, the what my internet site. My website is true with T R U no E mm-hmm. Pearl Solution Services dot com or at True Pearl underscore Solution Services, which is on Instagram. And that's how you can get in contact with me. Um, yeah, so I'm available to mm-hmm. speak with, to consult with. Um, not necessarily so even beyond the therapy. I'm just yeah, available yeah. just to be that around the way person um, to connect individuals to the resources or help them tie together yeah. what they want to do with themselves and lives. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what's up. That's what's up. Come on, happy family. Give it up. Happy Hither Podcast, where we connect, cultivate, and build and build a community that is centered around health, agape, power, and institute. You listen to Happy Hood. It's a state of mind. It's such a state of mind. As always, remember, love God, love yourself, love your neighbor. <laughs>